Birds of Prey has a special director helming action scenes, we answer a burning Snyder Cut question, and sci-fi has done blown up Krypton. All that and a, just a few other little things coming up. But first, I'm David C. Robertson. This is my co-host Jason Goss. Hello. And you are listening to DC On Screen, the podcast that covers the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, where we give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it's fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. All right, well, another show uh, begun, mm. I suppose. Off to it. <laughs> did you uh, did you see this bit where uh, Joaquin Phoenix talked about like what he came up with first as far as the Joker character? Mm-mm. He says uh, he was talking to the Italian newspaper La Repubblica's weekly magazine. Mm-hmm. He says, I it's such a Joaquin Phoenix thing to be doing right now. I know, right? He says, mm-hmm. I started with the laugh. I watched videos of people suffering from pathological laughter, a neurological, a neurological disorder that makes individuals laugh uncontrollably. Okay. When I got asked to play the Joker, I don't really have a big precarious laugh. Uh, personally, so I was a bit terrified. This is a guy who's laughing and laughing in a way that's very unique. So I worked on it and worked on it and came up with something that is very strange, I admit. Good. <laughs> good. Why do you sound like Emperor Palpatine? I don't know. It's it's a good place to start, though. I like the... Uh, good. I like him I'm coming from a neuro... <laughs> yeah. Young Skywalker. This is coming from a neurological condition. Sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig that. Um... I don't know where you'd find those videos. I've never looked up neuro, uh, neurological, <laughs> neuropathological laughter. But um, you ever seen the videos when, when uh, you ever seen like when they poke somebody's brain with a certain little prod and they laugh? It's weird. I hope no. it's kind of like that. Like you no. can, uh, you, I've never seen any of that. That's little, weird. Little spots like when you're doing brain surgery. It's, if it's live brain surgery, you can mm-hmm. you can probe little areas. And I think there's a little bit of voltage or whatever. But you, you hit a certain spot and it'll make, make them sad. You hit another spot and it'll make them like laugh. And uh, you, you can... Make him do a lot of weird things. Not like on cue. It's kind of accidental. But you just got somebody uh, pinned down and the, the little, uh, you know, halo around their head to pin them down to the, the smallest possible fraction of an inch. And then you uh, start making them laugh for no reason. Like, oh, go ahead, go. Mm-hmm. Get away from there. Yeah, Get away from that that's, part. That's interesting. I don't know. And uh, I had work to do after the show today. And <laughs> now that's done. That's over. <laughs> that's that's going to happen instead. Yep, I'm, I'm going to be on YouTube looking at brain surgery where doctors are accidentally making people laugh. Yeah, it's it's weird. All right, well. Yeah, but it's coming from a weird place here. I like it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always pretty interested to see uh, characters like this, where, where the actors are getting their inspiration from. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, there's kind of a big hubbub over this. Uh, Chad Stahelski, the director of John Wick. Mm-hmm. is coming in to add some uh, action sequences to Birds of Prey. Sounds pretty sweet. He's overseeing the second unit photography. The um, Such a specific job to bring him in for, but I dig it. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, he, the, he's the Wick a, he, movies are fast and, I don't know, I mean, I want to say fast and furious, but that doesn't make sense. They're, they're really, <laughs> like the action parts, you don't even remember what happened. It's just like 10 minutes go by and you're like, I don't know what happened, but a lot of people died and it was cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen those movies. I've only seen, I think I've only even seen the first one, but it's still, uh, that's all I remember from certain scenes. Mm. It goes straight from, oh, they shouldn't have done that to that dog, to like, <laughs> they're all dead. <laughs> I mean, that's the emotional arc of the movie, as far as I remember. 
Yeah. He's done a lot of work in the stunt world. He was um, Keanu Reeves' stunt double in The Matrix. Uh, Did a lot of second unit work with uh, Hunger Games, Captain America Civil War, Ninja Assassin. You know, Definitely has chops. Yeah, he's got the chops. He's got the chops. Good, good, good. So have you have you seen this bit like Microsoft set up a uh, sort of a an arcade lounge area for Suicide Squad for the cast and crew's downtime? I have not seen that. They are calling it the King Sharkade. Nice. <laughs> and James Gunn uh, posted a bunch of pictures of it, and like there's pictures of him playing a Guardians of the Galaxy pinball machine. <laughs> there's some sort of halo shooter game uh, they, you know they've got couches and a tv and there's a pool table in there there's also and people are saying that he's hinting at harley being in the movie because there's a big scrabble board on the wall mm-hmm. and he is spelling king shark and that is intersecting with the word harley mm. so yeah I, I thought that was fun like i I thought it was already pretty well documented that Harley was going to be in the movie. So I don't think that's really news. Uh, honestly, I am reporting on this because I like King Sharkade. <laughs> it's really just about the punnery here. <laughs> yep. uh, okay. Yeah. Now I've, I've found this now and um, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. They've even got like a, you know, copy of Defender in there. I mean, I love that they quietly have a little backgammon and uh, over there, like somebody's going to fucking play that. <laughs> Just a tiny little office, office corner, little stuffed shark on the wall, yeah. and, and some checkers pieces that no one's using. Yeah. And one dude playing on a really nice pool table by himself. Mm-hmm. Although for all that room, that... Uh, all right, here's a here's a qualm. That pool table's way too close to that couch for all that room. That's bullshit. That's interesting. It's an interesting observation, Jason. Well, this is the kind of thing I take away from shit. Mm-hmm. Sweet room, though. I want to hang out. Yeah. That Maybe. looks like my dream. Move <laughs> the pool table over a couple of feet. My dream I'll be good to go. Place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing would ever be accomplished. No. I don't even see a place to charge your laptop in that place. <laughs> I'm sure it's there. Oh, it could be. Uh, and as far as Harley, like, uh, Harley's been attached to Suicide Squad 2 since day one. It's, she's never been detached from it. Yeah. I mean, it's my memory. She was blatantly the most uh, popular thing about that entire movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think she was the most popular Halloween character that year and even almost the year after. Yeah. I mean, if you did another Suicide Squad, whether you're calling it Suicide Squad 2 or uh, The Suicide Squad or Task Force X or whatever the hell you call it. Yeah. You know, if you're doing the same premise and you don't have Waller or Harley, you might as well be doing Hot Tub Time Machine 2 without John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't necessarily fair because John Cusack, while I love him, was not the best part of the first movie. But <laughs> but by re- name recognition, you got to have it. Just for just for the... Uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's always been part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Leto, that was a, Leto, that was a whole different conversation. He's never quite been on or, or off. It's yeah. been lots of hints and teases and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we would... And honestly, if I had to bet, not going to happen. But... Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's she's supposedly has been there since day one. Yeah, I think you know James Gunn and um, David Ayer know each other, and Ayer has you know openly said, "Hey, the biggest biggest problem with that movie is there wasn't as much Joker." Yeah, like, he should have been the bad guy. Yeah, he oh, yeah. may very well call James and be like, "Dude, make Joker the bad guy." <laughs> I missed an opportunity here. Take it. Mm-hmm. Well, not that he missed it. I, th- I don't think they let him. Whole another conversation. They may not have let let him let o. They didn't let him uh, let her. Yeah. 
They told him to let go my letto, and he was he had to. <laughs> he wasn't able to use him. He's like, I had so much letto. Yeah, but it was all like you know codependency shit and abusive relationship stuff, and those aren't hashtag relationship goals. There, no. no, but they are a good way to make a villain. Yeah. Instead, they ended up shooting stuff and ended up with a bunch of letovers. Yeah, all I did right, that. We're, we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud, but I don't think we can attain beyond that. Like this, we're we're not gonna top it. <laughs> Just gonna skate on out of this section. <laughs> so, um, I, I loved this, and eh, you know, it's not really too much news. But someone asked James Gunn if Batman was gonna be in Suicide Squad, and he already told them that he needs to put Batman in Suicide Squad. James Gunn responds, "You can check out Batman in the Batman June 2021." The Suicide Squad will feature mostly, you know, the Suicide Squad. (laughs) 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 To rephrase, hey, douche nozzle, you do know he's getting his own fucking film. Mm -hmm. Um, While I'm intending to make one that's about, oh, I don't know, other people. Yeah. Which, you know, I think, and I've said something similar to this before. I was thinking about it the other day when I was, well, I was first reading this story. And I was like, how much fun would it be if we had basically like the Coen brothers doing Suicide Squad, where it was basically raising Arizona, but with the Suicide Squad, like, (laughs) and you you position Batman as sort of the the biker that's riding through the desert, tracking him down, where he's just a mysterious character. You don't never have to show his face. I've talked Uh, about that before. Gotcha. But okay. um, I do remember that part. Uh, you'll have to tell me. It, I watched Raising Arizona when I was like eight on Comedy Central, and I haven't seen it since. Mm. And I may not have seen the whole thing. Okay. There, there were commercials back then, and you didn't always make it back to the television in time. Mm-hmm. Also, it was nine, so probably, someone probably changed the channel in the middle of the I don't know. I don't remember what, the whole movie at all. What would I have to tell you? How it would go, because I don't have a point of comparison for Raising Arizona. Oh, um, here is a mission with the Suicide Squad. You, you fill them in with... Uh... Like instead of, you know, uh, Nicolas Cage and, and Holly Hunter, you have the Suicide Squad doing whatever the hell they have to do. Um, you could have instead of Nicolas Cage's boss, uh, that's Waller. You can it doesn't have to be like a perfect analogy. But, right. yeah. um, you know, then you have like the problematic people, which would be John Goodman and that other guy who I can never remember. Mm-hmm. Um who are kind of related to the Suicide Squad, but are just causing problems for them because they want to go off on their own. That would be like someone like the Joker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who are kind of the real villains of the film. But then you also have Batman, who's a, another real villain. Yeah, you, know, you just have all these antagonists. Ah, <laughs> okay. So a movie where there's there's no one you're really rooting for. In well, particular, yeah, you would be rooting for the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay. Or probably Harley. Or rather, there's a bunch of people you're rooting against. <laughs> I don't know. I always I you're feel like backed like you're into def- a corner with some other guys you're not entirely comfortable with. We're like, all right, I guess it's you and me though. I feel like I definitely would root for like like Nicholas Cage's character in Raising Arizona is you know a bad guy, and the couple Cage and Hunter they're obviously not great people. They've kidnapped a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a hard but, premise to fight back from. Yeah, it is, and they do it so well in that movie, like. You feel for him. You really do. You really, your heart goes out to him. You want them to have a happy ending. Right. God, the Coen brothers are good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll trust you. Then forever. Yeah. Just, yeah. I know you don't have time. You, ne- you never have time. 
No, never. It's one of those I like to throw on in the background. Mm-hmm. The, the the verbiage in that movie is just fantastic. Oh, I'm sure. The writing's always been solid with those two. All right, moving on. Um, actually, to uh, one of our big questions here, we had Brent from Fans Without Borders, Brentac Prime on Twitter, uh, wrote me earlier this week and said, I have a show question for you and Jason about the Snyder Cut of all things. Let's say for the sake of this question that the Snyder Cut is not only confirmed as existing by WB, but is going to be released and has a release date. How do you think WB will handle the inevitable stories about the fact they positioned Justice League as a movie where Snyder left because of his family tragedy and that they said Joss was coming in to finish Snyder's vision for the movie? Releasing a Snyder Cut would seem to fly in the face of that. Gets even weirder when you're watching the beginning of Justice League and it says says that it was directed by Zack Snyder. Seems to me they would have to either own up to the fact that they used his daughter's death as a scapegoat for firing him or that they would have to hope people would forget. Neither of which seems like a viable option to me. Yeah, that's an uphill battle. I I think with it being Warner Brothers, the likeliest scenario is that they never address it. <laughs> that was where I was going to go with it, yeah. Because they never have. Um, but if they did address it, I think um, it would be said that there were conflicts between Snyder and the studio, creatively, and that Snyder decided to take some time because of the added emotional strain from the suicide. And uh, then the studio made the mistake of moving forward without him instead of pushing it back. And I don't think it behooves uh, Warner Brothers or Snyder at this point to deviate from the narrative that he took time off or that they took time off because of their daughter's suicide. I don't think people, I don't think most people would blame them for playing along. Um they pro- probably honestly, like I did, I looked back at some of the, uh, the reports and he was like, no, it, this happened back at this, you know, in April or whatever it was. And I, or March, and then I had to take time or uh, I pushed forward and we took the two weeks that Warner Brothers gave us to deal with it. And then I buried myself in work to try to get over it. Um, but I think, and I think that's probably true. But I and I think that it's true that they he needed a break. But I also think that part of that was probably because of emotional strain from all the uh, from Warner Brothers being up his ass about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to get technical on it, they were complicit in spreading that deception. Yeah, there are actual quotes from them. Now I I don't think that most people most reasonable reasonable people would hold that against them because. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that they were silenced by NDAs and have remained as such. Like, um, to an I extent, think, apparently no one yeah. put in like extra unused or extra unfinished footage in the NDA. Well, actually, I think that there was, I don't mean, I haven't seen this thing, but there is a greater amount of, uh, there's usually a greater amount of uh, restriction while the movie is actually in theaters. Like after a certain amount of time, you can talk about it. like after a year or something, you can talk more about it. Yeah. Um, but I more. mean, like and I said, I think this side is unclear important. to us whether he's decided that he's got a line for himself or whether that may be up and he just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if there's not a normal size line or if it's a, uh, mm-hmm. a bigger deal than that. I think well, what I'm saying though, is I do think that, uh, they came to an agreement I think Snyder was forced out, but um, the Snyder, I think some people could say that the Snyders were complicit 
in 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 the deception, but they were they did so at legal gunpoint. I would say could be. But of course, if Twitter, you know, has taught me <laughs> by, anything, it's by the that way, people don't have everything any we're sense. saying is speculation. Oh yeah, no, I mean, well, I don't think it's speculation. I mean, it is speculation, but I think that's what happened. I mean, yeah, obviously. Um, but there are other possibilities. I mean, it could have been. It actually could have been a mutual decision based on, hey, I don't think you're going to be able to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, it is entirely possible that his abilities to actually complete the job appeared to be, I don't know, like maybe he was trying to bury himself in work, but it just was not happening. Um, mm-hmm. It's entirely possible that, that that the studio saw that, pointed it out, and he was like, yeah, you're right, I can't I can't finish this. I don't in think that that's case, what happened. Based on, based on his deme- de- demeanor uh, in the last few months, I don't think that's what happened. Well, it could still be, and there would, and I'm just doing hypotheticals here, but it could still be that that's what happened, that he at the time agreed, yeah, you're right, I don't, you know, I'm not going to be able to get this done, and then regretted not kind of, I don't know, finishing what he started anyway. Like, he might have let himself get pushed out the door because they, again, all hypothetical, they might have thought, dude, I don't think you're going to be able to get this done, you know, Mm -hmm. you've been through a lot in the last few months, it's just, it is what it is, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen, and then... He may have thought, you know what, you're probably right. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this done the way I wanted to anyway. Let's, you know, maybe I need to go home and take some time for myself. And then later sees the product and thinks, fuck, I really should have just bit the bit my lip and finished it anyway. Mm-hmm. Which the only thing I'm sure about that, that to me isn't hypothetical is that in some capacity, he regrets not finishing this film because oh, the, he, does. he would, I mean, good God, the, the teasers, the inane, well. unending teasers. Uh, fruitless, by the way, is my problem with him. The fruitless, unending teaser. <laughs> it, it may bear fruit yet, but, uh, you know, we, I think... Um, I mean, it could also just be that the studio said, we don't like where this is going, and yeah. took advantage of the situation and pushed him out. Oh, I think they definitely did that, but um, it does... <laughs> There's a spectrum ver- of how, how harsh this might have been. I think it is as harsh as you... Probably as harsh as you imagined. As, just, uh, as I just described it? Yeah, I mean... And if they do release this thing, they are going to say, they're going to use the phrase, the director's original vision. As <laughs> a, to that effect, yeah. And it's not. It's not. The director's original vision was scuttled before cameras rolled. Um, <laughs> See, that's so, another interesting question altogether is, does Snyder have any uh, last right of refusal on a take that, that would supposedly go out in his name? Apparently not. Could they just come up with a version of the film that he cut together as close as he as close as he got it? Could they just finish up that as they saw fit and send it out and put his name on it? Because they already have his name underdirected. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I I think he can pull his name out, but I don't I don't know how that works as a guy. I'm pretty sure you can pull your name out if they agree, but I, I think if they're trying to market it as the director's cut, they're probably not going to agree to that. Yeah. So uh, does he have the ability to say no? That's not the cut that I wanted. And maybe go in there and actually get to do a little bit of directing for the director's cut? Or is he just going to be at their mercy? That's another question that I haven't really seen a lot of the Snyder Cut uh, movement ask is, are you even ever going to get it even if you got a thing called the Snyder Cut? Mm -hmm. Would would he have anything to do with it at this point? I think there is a... I don't think it would be accepted. Like, it would... You want to talk about Fruitless. If Warner Brothers tried to release a thing, a version of this thing, 
without <laughs> Zack Snyder mounted the involved. marketing, mounted the post, mounted all of the uh, the the uh, digital and distribution stuff for it, and then afterwards he was like, mm, "That's not what I, that's not what I was thinking." Yeah, they they better have him involved. Scuttled, as you said. Yeah, it will be a wasted effort completely. <clears throat> yeah, but um, yeah, I I I suspect. Warner Brothers would not really address it. Like I, I just don't. I don't see it happening. Yeah. All right. So, so far, I agree with you mostly. Um, regardless of the origins of this uh, fucking fiasco waiting to happen, mm-hmm. tact number one: ignore it completely. Just release the thing and hope everyone's so excited that no one questions it. Mm-hmm. That's got to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, tact number two: assuming you are asked questions about, look, man, you pull this thing off, you. You ripped this guy off a property in the middle of a, a family heartbreak, and now you're trying to monetize on the the, the back end of, of a product that you failed us on the first part of, and blah, blah, blah. You know the whole argument. Mm-hmm. Um, then, like you're saying, you go with the like, look, it was a rough time. Everyone made some decisions that we thought were best at the moment. We've had some, some time to think about it, and we've decided that the best thing we could do to honor his vision would be to release that vision. Mm-hmm. So here's this monetizable product. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't I don't put anything past WB uh, Toby Emmerich when when uh, they announced that when Snyder and company announced that they were stepping down, um, Toby Emmerich reassured us that there would be no new characters. Snyder has repeatedly said he doesn't know about that family at Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Like that there were new characters. Yeah, <laughs> like Emmerich is a liar, and one of my biggest regrets is that he's still around. Like pretty much he everyone else the, got, yeah. I mean, he wasn't the principal problem. Sujihara was the the major problem. I He's think Sujihara was. Um, <clears throat> I feel like the wrong people got thrown out. Like I don't. I didn't have a problem with Johnsonberg. Maybe I should have. I haven't seen sufficient evidence. I know a lot of people like to say he's a snake. Uh, I haven't seen sufficient evidence to. Uh, I mean, I think he did absolutely disagree with Zach, Zach Snyder, but. He's one of those where I'm open to him being a piece of shit, but he hasn't he hasn't specifically drawn my ire. Yeah, I and the things that I've seen that he said I disagree with Zack Snyder on, I look at it and go, Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got a Zach. couple points, you say? Okay. I like um, you, Zach. I like you, buddy. Yeah. I, I think in the Hamada era there there might be some grace to how they handle it. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's he seems to have a better idea of how to how to carry this franchise than his predecessors. Um, I mean, God, with Sujihara, it's like, it's it's half surprising that he didn't just immediately put out another cut under mm-hmm. the under the Snyder Cut premise because he was he was already cashing in as much as he could at the time anyway. It's, it's a little surprising he didn't just say, you know what, fine, here you go, and spit it out there and try to make as much as he could on a, on a theatrical re- release of it with, uh, you know, the DVD sales to follow and streaming rights to follow and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And, and in his era, like, it... Even if he it, like, let me just put it this way. And if Sujihara would was was left with that question, I wouldn't be surprised if you literally I forget uh, Snyder's daughter's name, but I, it wouldn't Autumn. be surprised if it had R.I.P. at the end of it. Mm-hmm. That would not surprise me a bit coming from him. Yeah, he's like, well, we made it in our honor and blah blah blah. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, I'm glad he's gone. I'm I like I, I wish he wasn't gone for being a, a like a, a a personal sack of shit instead of a terrible businessman who mishandled properties we love. <laughs> Yeah, glad he's gone either way. But uh, unfortunately, some people were hurt in other ways. Yeah, Um, yeah. And our our you know mamby pamby little feelings over a a comic book movie 
don't equate to that. So no, I mean that. I think that's those are my that's my take on it. I don't I don't really see them really addressing it and only addressing it uh, if they have to. If they absolutely have to, and with the least amount of words. Oh yeah, you're not going to get a three like a four paragraph press release. You're going to get like five sentences at a at something. Not even at a con. It'll be at a in a, a tiny release somewhere. Yeah, I it mean, will be addressed not... like as as laterally as possible to the normal process. Is how they'll address that if they have to. And I, I you know, I I definitely want the Snyder cut, but I think more than anything, I just want the issue to be resolved once and for all, so that we can actually hear from Zack Snyder what the hell happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, I am way more interested in the tea behind the scenes than I am the actual Snyder Cut at this point. This is why I keep saying you might get, like, a a, a long-term X-year release of it at some point, because after a certain amount of time, once enough of... I mean, we're still in an era where Wonder Woman 2 is a thing. Uh, Cavill being on or off in any capacity, he's still technically there, but there's no going forward with it. There's so much in the air. There's no freaking way. They're not gonna. They're not gonna throw another thing in there just to make things more complicated. Right now, they're, they're trying to correct a lot of mistakes and a lot of uh, like a lot of vines growing out in the bush that they didn't want in their garden. So they they're not gonna throw that in there too right now. But when you get to the point where like yeah I don't know we've made our money we we know where the franchise is going like Shazam's in charge right now we're not worried about anything else something like that. Mm. Like, we we know where our bread's buttered. Um, DC's got plenty of years ahead of it. And we're gonna keep making these movies. And oh yeah, by the way we. Uh, Y'all wanted the Snyder Cut? Yeah, um, we're going to do that. And there's a 15-minute uh, uh, bonus footage on from Zach about uh, his take on what happened. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That is a possibility, but you got to wait for it. Yeah, we'll see. Wait, let's put it this way. How long did it take to get the film? Uh, what was that? What was it called about the uh, the Nicolas Cage Superman film? The documentary on it. Oh, I don't know. But that was, you know, a, a fan produced that. A fan documentary filmmaker made that. So. Yeah, but it got made and it told a story. It did. And it got big names to actually help tell the story. Um, yeah, it did. <laughs> like, you for sure knew way more about that failure than before you started that project. But the important thing to remember about that, though, is that um, it came about, that documentary came about in basically the golden age of comic book movies. We had to wait so long before because no one gave a shit about genre films or if they did it was you know i agree there was a market that wasn't there before yeah it's a much smaller uh and i think that's another piece of the puzzle but i think an important piece is the time had passed yeah i mean time is going to have to pass before we get the t yeah yeah. i I don't know how much time is gonna have to pass before we get the snyder cut if it ever happens but i mean i would wager you need less time for the snyder cut but not significantly less Mm -hmm. i mean i i personally before i start hating jeff johns I, I need more than some grip telling me, like, yeah, I was there one time, and he was a dick. <laughs> I mean, it possibly. It, dude's not a fucking... He's he's a dude. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just... I, do you know how many people in my employment history think I'm an asshole? And yeah. a lot of them are right, because yeah. I either was being an asshole, because it was either A, my job, or B, a choice I'd made that was probably a poor decision. But I was being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then our other other times just completely misunderstood or something that I did was misinterpreted and now I'm an asshole. Yeah. Well, it, but it Jason, happens. don't you understand? This is cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has to have their entire life ripped away, even if they're just being a dick to somebody else. Oh, no, no, it's not about that. It's 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 about platforms being too readily available to the average person. Mm-hmm. 
It is about that. That is a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. It is. It's about that. No, it's too. actually not even that. It, I like because that's blaming all of social media. It's the the combination of of uh, the average person having a platform, which can be a good thing, mm-hmm. and the it's not even a twenty four hour news cycle. It's the clickbait news cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you, you have to generate more and more outrageous headlines for somebody to click through, and the fact that you can find those headlines on the the Twitter feed of a grip. And pull some big name like Jeff Johns in there and, and make a make a statement. Like, maybe he was an asshole. Yeah, but that wasn't maybe. a story a while back. And it's not the whole story of Jeff Johns, I'd wager. So, yeah, it, it, it turns into a thing on... Uh, I could pick any one of our websites, but I'm not going to pick on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be clear... You know, I, I'm not picking on cancel culture in as much as, as like saying that like the Harvey Weinsteins and Kevin Sujiharas of the world shouldn't be ousted. But, um, you know, when you get down to it and Twitter is having the same visceral reaction to Jeff Johns possibly being a dick or having a disagreement with Zack Snyder on a movie as no, those are not the same things at all. Yeah. And look, it's. There are varying degrees. Like if he's arguing with uh, somebody that I also that has also made properties that I like, I'm just gonna let mommy and daddy fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff Johns has done a lot of he's he's got a lot of rope to hang himself with in my book. Yeah, um, so he's gonna have to have more than one argument with more than one person that I respect before it's like maybe this guy is a dick. That's I don't know. Um, I mean, it's different. Like if he backhands a puppy, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, those those are my thoughts on it. I, I think it will I, I wish there was like a grainofsalt.com where you could just go and find all of the clickbait articles and all of it's just like winnowed down to okay, here's what actually happened. It doesn't mean much. Well, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these a lot of sites, you know, they have clickbait headlines, but the articles were written by completely different people. Like there are actual like People who are like, okay, I wrote a pretty decent article. I I did all, everything right. I had a title. My editor came in and changed it because it wasn't flashy enough. Oh yeah, I yeah, know. There's plenty of people complain about that, and they're right to. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's bullshit. Yeah. You get in the article and you're like, well, this is actually well thought out. Why? Did, how did it get this headline? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, uh, so Brent, I hope we uh, answered your question uh, to your satisfaction. We certainly talked about it. We certainly did. I did. Uh, I, I saw that question uh, somewhere. I forget who uh, Brent was talking to or with, or, or I don't know how that went down. I just I remember seeing that question and thinking, <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, and it, it damn well is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One they're hoping to never have to address. <laughs> <laughs> and I Every promise day. you, a change.org petition is not going to make them address it. No. No. All right. So... Uh... We're going to start talking about TV in just a few minutes or just a few seconds or whatever. Right after this, damn it. El nuevo crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's es crujiente, tiernito, jugoso. Es pollo en la McDonald's, un mordisco y... Es el nuevo crispy chicken sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el app de McDonald's. En McDonald's participantes. All right, and we're back. That was, uh, that was a really long time. It was mm. a long commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot where we were. Yeah. Who are you again? Who am I? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's oh. right. We're recording. Mm. I'm the Muffin Man, baby. <laughs> it's a good song. 
Um, is it? Yeah, Frank Zappa. Oh, I wasn't thinking about that. I don't even know what you were thinking about. That's the first thing I think of now. Oh, I just, you know, do you know the Muffin Man? He lives in Drury Lane. The old, like... Oh, yeah, mine's way more yeah. fun. No, I don't... I never really... I, I might get flagged for this, but I never really liked Frank Zappa too much. He's one of those where you got to kind of hit it. Uh, you mean the, the marijuana before you... Well, that too, but uh, <laughs> you, you can hit, hit him in sprints. Um, and he's, he's pretty good. It's like, you'd it'd be hard to inundate yourself with it, but also he's got 4,000 albums. Um, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where like, you can just grab a random album and flip through it and you're going to find like two songs. These, these are fantastic. You know, the bit where Mark Maron is talking about how he can, he can't wrap his mind and he never wrapped his mind around Captain Beefheart. That's how Speaking I feel about of Frank Zappa. The Muffin Man, the live performance was actually performed with Captain Beefheart. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start with safe as milk, work your way forward. That's the Captain Beefheart formula. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah. called Safe as Milk. I, I think I'll just put on another F- Foo Fighters album. <laughs> Your digestion will go better. I, I promise you. Um, I love it. It's, it really is. like They call it Safe as Milk, and it's one of the strangest albums I've really ever heard. <laughs> it's really good, though. Mm, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I, I, I spend a lot of time alone at work. Maybe I'll, I'll give, it a, give it a tumble. But uh, moving on, we're the big news for for our television news mm-hmm. is that Sci-Fi has canceled Krypton after two seasons. Was that the sound of Krypton exploding? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's happened because I'm on episode two hundred nine. I have not finished episode ten. Yeah, I don't, that's for I don't later know. this afternoon. But look, uh, the average number of viewers was only around four hundred thousand. Oh, that is low. That was uh, even for sci-fi. That's kind yeah. Of I mean, well, they're not terrible for sci-fi, but the first season was was drawn eight point one. Uh, sorry, one point eight million. Yeah. Sorry, I'm dyslexic. Um, hmm. And uh, yeah, falling from one point eight million in its first season to four hundred thousand in its second. Eh, less than a quarter of your viewers. That's that's rough. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, there's gonna bad. be there's gonna be a drop from the first. Always happens. Mm-hmm. Like retention is really what you're looking for. Not so much the, uh, <laughs> you're not trying to match those numbers. Just get close to them. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Going in essentially 19 episodes going down a quarter of your audience to less than a quarter of your audience. That's, that's, that's rough. Mm-hmm. And they, they were down about 50% in live plus same day. That's yeah. just not going to happen. You're not going to. And look, yeah. Krypton was not owned by sci-fi. And that's, an, that's another big, uh, a lot of people are mad at sci-fi for doing this. Like they were mad at sci-fi for killing the Expanse. Those are really expensive shows. Mm-hmm. Who did own it? I don't know. I don't know who owned the Expanse, but, you know, Warner, Warner Brothers owns Krypton. Oh, but yeah, but who was actually producing it? Sci-fi or Warner Brothers? I, I, I think sci-fi was foot, foot in the bill on the production. And okay. that's a little bit cheaper. Like, it's not like a house thing where NBC made it and Fox bought it and aired it. Yeah, but they're not. But they don't own it, and that's a huge, huge issue. Like they're not going to own redistribution rights. I mean, right. When you look at the fact that the first season of Krypton is now on DC Universe, I mean, we're because they own it. They took it off of Sci-Fi, so Sci-Fi is that they're you know going. Well, I, we we pitched in for a huge amount of this, and now we we don't have it. We don't own it. <laughs> they're over. They're over there. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Why the hell would they? continue it that's it's like, a hard sell i mean if you're if you yeah. still have the viewers and you've got the ad sales that's one thing but that is that's not eh, it's maybe not enough with four hundred thousand viewers i mean let's put it this way that is uh, i mean a, a rounded half of the legends of tomorrow viewers 
It's not a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so sci-fi has to rely solely on linear ratings to monetize the series. Yeah. And um, there are huge high license fees when they're yeah. when they're doing that. So yeah, it's not. It wasn't gonna work. It wasn't gonna stick around. And uh, sci-fi. I mean, I told you when it was announced. I said if I give it thirteen episodes. <laughs> sci-fi is notorious for canceling shit. Yeah, they um they do kind of chew up and spit out shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Lobo series is also dead, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the spinoff, but you know, Deadline is reporting that they're both Krypton and Lobo are being shopped around. Um, a lot of people kind of feel like DC Universe might be a really good place for it. HBO Max might be a really good place for either of those series. And I'll be honest, I have not been digging this season of Krypton too much. I think it's just real slow moving, and I'm really sorry if if you know you really enjoyed it. It pisses me off too because I don't want. You know, I, I do enjoy the story. I just feel like it should move a little faster. That was the only complaint we had with season one mm-hmm. when we reviewed it was it was it was gorgeous. There was a good story there. It just kind of moved slowly into that story. And I, you know, I and I admit that this is my problem. I really have a hard time remembering all their names. So when they're like <laughs> throwing out all these like Corvexes and Elfongs and plop pleat plops and whatever, right. like, I don't know who the hell these people are. I'm like, who is that? Who is that? Who is it? My wife's it, like, uh. <laughs> it's, it's helped a lot that it's a visual medium. Mm-hmm. And when somebody appears, I'm like, I know where I know that person. Cool. I'm good. Like, when they say seg, I'm like, ah. <laughs> I know that one. I know that when, one. When they say Adam, I go, ah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm so behind on it, though. I was really excited about the Lobo uh, uh, series, though. I, I really enjoyed him. So I mean, I wouldn't have been at all sad about getting a Lobo series, but um, I did kind of wonder how they were going to mount that. Like, how do you, I don't really know. Like, it's kind of hard. You just, do you just do a show about a bounty hunter that's got some serious charisma? I think the best case scenario in my book would be they do uh, very short seasons, eight to 10 episodes, um, maybe even less, maybe four or five episodes and call it a mini series. And, uh, basically give them like I just make it like a movie you know what mm-hmm. i mean like lobo versus santa claus you know whatever it is like no. whatever crazy thing it is and just have that play out and then be like well if that does well on dc universe or hbo max we'll do another season but we don't have to because it's not like a continuing story yeah that would have been nice uh, speaking of which i don't know where krypton season two ends yet that's again i, I really am going to watch that later today um and I did laugh earlier because I looked at uh, I had looked at TV time to see what was on my agenda for this weekend in general. Mm-hmm. And it had uh, season two, episode 10. And then I looked this morning just to flip through and remind myself. And it said season two, episode 10 finale. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not missing a beat. Uh, you can't blame sci-fi for, for, for doing it in. Just too expensive. I mean, yeah, not not at the end of the day. It was it, it just wasn't going to work for him. But um. I do hope it has some kind of resolution. I don't know. I'm just hoping. I haven't seen. And I I do go out of my way not to spoil myself, so I don't know. Yeah. I doubt it will, but... Uh, I do too. Because, I mean, being nine of ten episodes in, I kind of know what they've got left and what they need to finish up telling me about, and there's not really enough room to do all of it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just a fantastic episode. Yep. Uh, over to the uh, CW-verse, the Arrow-verse, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. We've got a little bit of crisis conjecture Mm -hmm. 
this is the first week we've had in a while that just didn't have some like earth shattering or earth's shattering news. Mm, about confirmed what was, news about it. Yeah, about what's coming for crisis. But uh, I'll be damned. Even this little bit of rumor is just as exciting as a con- as a confirmation as some of the confirmations we've gotten. Uh, earlier this week, Tom Welling was on Instagram uh, sharing some stuff from one of his upcoming projects, and in the comment section, one of the fans said something to him about how they wanted him to be in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and his response was, duh. <laughs> and a lot of people kind of took that as saying, why would he even respond to that if he wasn't in it? No, not necessarily at all. I mean, I'd love that to be the case, but hey, I'd love to see you there. Uh, and then Tom Welling, like, no shit. I I know you want to see me there. Yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying. And uh, I... They're like, oh, Tom Welling hints that he's involved. And I was like, oh, cool. And I like looked at it and I went, that's not that's, at all what that was. That's not really a confirmation or a hint. That's just a, yeah, I know. Everybody says that shit. Yeah, it's not even him saying that he necessarily wants to do it. Like, get off my dick, y'all. <laughs> now, I don't think, I don't necessarily think, like, if he, it, it, would, it won't take long. I mean, he, to actually shoot this thing, it, no. It probably wouldn't take him long. They wouldn't. It's not like he's going to go and have like a giant role. They might it'd probably a cameo kind of thing. Probably have him for a few seconds somewhere or something. It, like they could knock it out pretty quickly. But he'd have to go all the way to mm-hmm. Vancouver, at where I'm pretty sure he's going to trigger uh, PTSD. <laughs> oh, it's not that serious. He's just a whiner. <laughs> no, he. Um, I'll give him this. He uh, Smallville was one of the first shows where they really dug their hills in in Vancouver, and they hadn't quite figured out how to treat their people at all. Oh, I know. And he was too young to understand what, like, what he could stand up for himself to do. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you can hear him when he talks about uh, going to Vancouver. You can hear his voice change. And he, like, he gets genuinely anxious. You, you mm-hmm. can hear it in his voice. I feel bad for the guy. I don't feel bad for him. He's Superman. I mean, yeah, he always gets that. And he got paid. There's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can tell it was a... Uh... <laughs> I love the stories where they're talking about him getting up, like, getting off work at... Uh, 10 or 11 o'clock or whatever driving an hour to his whatever it was that he was staying sleeping mm-hmm. for like three three and a half hours getting up at four in the morning and driving himself back to the set to uh go ahead and start makeup and everything and like uh, was it about rosenbaum on his inside of you said that uh, he was one of the people that kind of had to go to the producers and be like he's going to die he's going to <laughs> die on the side of the road up against a tree our fucking show will tank without tom welling you're mm-hmm. going to kill superman get him a driver mm-hmm so you can at least sleep on the way. Right. It was a neat story. I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's uh, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Right. It's a good podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's been so many years. He is just a little bit of a whiner now. If he still could, <laughs> if, he, if, if he can't like show I, up no, for a cameo, go back. if he can't go to Toronto for five minutes and, and play a Superman for like three minutes. Yeah, I'm sure he could go back. And but, just, um, just show us a single still of him standing next to Brandon <laughs> Ralph and Tyler Hecklin and maybe a CGI'd Christopher Reeve. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying it should happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hell, it'd be kind of fun. They're both, they're both in L.A. Just have uh, Michael and Tom show up somewhere and do their own scene in a private setting. You could just borrow a set from somebody, just just Lex and Clark Kent talking, mm-hmm. and ship that in. Just ship that in from L.A. Splice it right in the in the in the episode wherever it's supposed to go. Just a glimpse at another Earth where they're still hanging around. Yeah, 
if, wouldn't that be a shitty way to do it, a Smallville cameo? Is you have <laughs> Clark and Lex and people lose their shit. Yeah. And as they're talking, like, the great antimatter wall comes up and just destroys the oh, entire yeah, universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can even throw in the music again. Somebody save. Yeah. Just cut oh, yeah. it off. Oh, yeah. Tom Cavanaugh just sitting there going, there was so much more they could have done. <laughs> or, <laughs> or Kavanaugh just, oh, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> so much potential but yeah i think tom welling will definitely show up Stephen amell's been hinting it too much he's been saying actively saying he wants it to happen too much they're so close to producing this thing Uh, i I think it was wasn't it guggenheim that said he's been on the phone every single day with somebody yeah give me anybody man i don't care yeah what's Kristen cook crew doing i don't care what is i mean i know she's in prison but is allison mac busy or (laughs) <laughs> like does she have visits because we can make that work right hopefully they would just like skim right over the chloe debacle and oh yeah i don't think they'll they'll mess with that no <laughs> nobody touching that one i would want to i oh, would yeah. want there to be a scene where there's like clark and like, all of the supermen are standing together and they accomplish something and then you know one of them says what's nexium Instead of what's next. And then, like, Tom Welling, Superman just goes, dude, what? not cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. If this were, if this were a, <clears throat> a different universe or a, a darker show in any capacity. Um, <laughs> like, like, all right, so The Boys right now on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Dark shit. Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, producing that one. I, I wouldn't put it past those two, for instance, to have a scene where just in the background, you can just barely see. On like the marquee for somewhere, like a a, a Nexium Wellness presentation by so and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't surprise me a bit. Yeah. Over on Arrowverse? Nope. 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 Not happening. Yeah. The boys are tasteful. Those... I'm not even disagreeing. <laughs> it's not yeah. particularly anything. I want to see the boys, but I, I'm a little gun shy with Amazon because they just canceled the tick with no resolution. No, no. No, no. So nah, just Amazon stuff, you just take it for what it's worth. Enjoy it while it's there. <laughs> That's really all you can do. Anywho. Any of the streaming places. That's really all you can do. You can't count on ending. Yeah. I mean, you can't You can't with the network either, really. I'll give it this. It's the one thing network still has over streaming. Um, you, I feel like you still get an ending a little bit more right now in network television. With streaming, mm-hmm. they just look at the numbers and, and the, the, again, the black box of numbers because we have no fucking idea. Yeah. There's no industry standard that we can look at in variety and go, oh, this is going great or this is going uh, poorly. I feel like you feel that way because... Uh, most of what every uh, most of the network stuff that we watch is CW, and they just literally, if they have like three viewers, will not cancel anything. <laughs> oh, my cousin Todd watches this show. We're gonna keep it on. Um, <laughs> but like, as much as like certain certain networks are really bad about it. Fox is really bad about canceling stuff Notorious. without giving it a chance. Yeah. Um. I feel like ABC and CBS, these have things that would... NBC is bad about canceling stuff. Really, ABC and CBS will, like, just keep shit on for so many years. They're all bad about it. Like, they're all bad about it, and it's it's just an instinct. Um, I have no no data to back it up. I just feel like I've seen a little bit more resolved on network than I have streaming sometimes. I'd kind of like to see what what their actual data is, how many shows got a resolution. Mm -hmm. What percentage chance do you have watching something on what... each network to actually get it finished 
I feel like genre shows if have a much metric. better chance on CW. Yeah, yeah, That's because just, they'll go fucking yeah. forever. Yeah, but like... I mean, they just wrapped up iZombie after, I think, five years? Yeah. Five or six years, I can't remember. But it was a last and final season, wrapped mm-hmm. up. I enjoyed the ending. Um, I, I feel really happy about that show. Yeah, same with uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Where they're like, look, it's not really doing the numbers we want. How about we, 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 we end it? We're just going to give you a chance to end it. Like, yes, thank you. Let's have an ending. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you eight episodes. Just just get it done. Yeah. I mean, it'd be wonderful that, if that was an industry standard, but mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. All right. So uh, here's a little bit of tea, man. Mm-hmm. You know, last week we talked about uh, Colton Haynes was, uh, had, had quote unquote dropped out of the final season of Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Beth Schwartz said, we hope to have him back. We love him. And he's obviously one of the foundations of the show. All right. Uh, Colton Haynes goes on Twitter and says, getting a lot of angry messages. So just to clarify, I did not exit the last season of Arrow. I was not asked to come back for the final season as a series regular. But y'all know Roy. He's never gone for too long. And he had little happy faces. So, yeah, I think he was just not asked to come back. Yeah. This is what we said last time. I don't know what they were going to do with him. They brought him back for the flash forwards and then what? Or at the very least, he doesn't need to be there as a series regular. Like, no, he'd be unless, recurring. Yeah, not unless the flash forwards are going to have some series regular meaningfulness to him. And that, and you don't have time to do that with uh, Oliver and the Monitor going on a road trip. So, mm-hmm. not going to happen. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Also, where do you get off sending uh, Colton Haynes fucking angry messages? Yeah, leave him alone, dude. Fuck off. Right. Can't believe you dropped. Man, come on, that's entitlement at its at its worst. Just, just don't don't do that. Be better. Yeah, some of these folks, man. Some of these folks. God. But I think the fact that Colton Haynes, like, it doesn't, it does not feel like his story is over. Roy's story is full of mystery, man. We don't know what the hell's going on with Roy. Yeah, he just kind of comes and goes, but he does come and go. There's not time. But there's a bunch of stuff that happened in between the, you know, the current show. And the future. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot hinted at um, that I don't feel like has been answered. I think there is a pretty good... Uh, I think there's a pretty good case for them to be setting up that uh, you know 2040s storyline with uh, maybe Roy and William and... Yeah, everybody... What's her face? Everybody working that mission. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know what you'd like? I think this is probably, probably perfect for you, though. Um... Burn Notice did a thing between one season mm-hmm. uh, and the next. I can't remember. It was somewhere in the latter half um, where Sam Axe. The Bruce Campbell his, movie, yeah. Yeah, he got his own thing, and it was just like a TV. It was basically just like two episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of long-form storytelling over two episodes. But yeah, he got his own little own little thing. I don't even know if uh, Jeffrey Donovan showed up in that. I, I think it was... I mean, I know he was... I know Bruce Campbell was the main uh, part of that thing, and the whole story was... It was his story alone. I don't even, like I said, I don't remember who actually was there other than him. I know there were some side characters involved. It's been a while, but it did. It just kind of went back and told a little bit of like, hey, you remember when you were wondering what the hell Sam X was up to on this? Yeah, here's the whole story. I think something like that might really suit your fancy. Just in between seasons, here's a little like one episode, one shot, or even a 30 minute episode, little mm. mini-sode released on the DC Universe or CW or something like that. Oh yeah, remember when you were wondering what the hell happened to Roy for a little while? Yeah, here's here's 45 minutes. Yeah, I, I personally don't need anything. <laughs> I think it'd be a fine solution, though. I'm saying like there's a lot format. of room. There's a lot of room to tell a story. <laughs> yeah, there is. 
I would say CW Seed and and make one of those animated things, but those are hardly. I mean, th- those are only loosely related to the actual stories. Yeah, I don't want any more. I can I can pretty definitively say I don't want any more of those weird animated interstitials. Like, yeah, that was a. I don't know if they're still doing them. That was a weird time. They haven't been very good. No, they they kind of really they they really haven't. And part of it was like they were releasing them five minutes at a time. Uh huh. It was weird. It ended up being one episode of a show that you didn't even know was really part of it that was only a little bit related to what was really going on in the rest. Of it. it was just, it was hard to... And then you don't get the full story until you get the DVD, the Blu-ray, which adds 15 extra minutes that makes it flow like an actual story to some degree, but still, yeah. you know, kind of a chunk of shit. Yeah. I think where we really got pissed was when they undermined most of Constantine's original story in the cartoons. Were like, I don't even know what to do with this. Oh, um, what that was is that was a, um, they didn't really, they weren't clear in their marketing, but that was in the same universe as the DC, uh, the DC animated movies. So that was Justice League Dark, Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that was. That was not made clear at all. It wasn't made clear at all. (laughs) They built it as Matt Ryan Returns and Animated. Well, set, set separately... And made clear that that's what was happening. I think that's a fine thing. And it'll be on my shelf one day next to Justice League Dark. But mm-hmm. telling me, hey, the Matt Ryan Constantine, uh, you, you know, I know it's Matt Ryan doing it in Justice League Dark. But you tell me that and I'm going to think, oh, well, cool. They're going to do a, uh, yeah. It's just yeah, because a- they were booting it at the same time he was being heavily incorporated into the actual era. It was, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was an annoying little effort. And we were already a little bit disappointed with the product as, as it was. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Strange all times. right. Well, that is all I got. That's all I got, man. Well, hell. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, but, Krypton and Legion to watch. Right. Yeah. Um, before we dip, I do want to thank our patrons. I didn't do that at the top of the show. I should have, but I did not. And we're not going to change it because that would that's more work. Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Billion. Thank, thank you so much, though, uh, all of our it's patrons. Also, it's also really hard to match a tone at the end of <laughs> No, that's 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 hard to do. Yeah, but uh, look, if you want to be a, a patron, one dollar a month gets you the, the normal show ad free on Patreon mm-hmm. on the Patreon feed. They send you a secret feed, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> if if you do the five dollar a month, you also get Jason's pull list and Chasing Squirrels when I get my head out of my ass and post them. Mm. Or, um, you know, uh, warm-ups when we get our heads out of our asses and decide to make them. Sometimes sometimes we'll have, like, like a whole conversation and just forget to hit record and then be like, oh, shit, we should have recorded that. That was pretty good. Well, yeah, that's the way those end up (laughs) happening is we just forget that we've hit record. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, we should start the show at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it seems weird to force them because it's not organic. You know, just problems. They just just bloom naturally. (laughs) And we have Marvel reviews and all sorts of crap up there. Yeah. That's that's me selling it. We got a bunch of crap for you to listen to. I keep saying we're going to do Into the Spider-Verse next, just to make sure. I keep saying I'm going to watch Into the Spider-Verse, and I want to. But I've had it bookmarked for a minute, and I still intend to. That's happening this weekend, if I can possibly help it. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, my wife and I were both talking about doing that today, maybe. It looks good. I've watched the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, and I'm excited about it. I just haven't been able to find time yet. Yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Okay, well, we're going to take off our clothes. <laughs> it's the weekend. I'm already naked. 
Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Bye. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.